Welcome to the Picture Book Look Podcast. I'm Kim Chafee. And I'm Kirstie Call. Together, we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to bookshelf. We'd love you to join us as we take a picture book look. You have one chance to make an impression with your picture book. The complete picture book submission system will help ensure yours stands out above the rest. Created by New York Times bestselling author Emma Walton Hamilton and 12 by 12 picture book challenge founder Julie Headland, this system provides an easy to follow, step by step, foolproof process. No more fear, no more guesswork, no more reinventing the wheel each time you submit a new manuscript. To get their seven step submission checklist, visit picturebooksubmissions.com today. Feeling stuck in your creative journey? Needing to change your narrative? Everything you want is possible. As a therapist-trained life coach for creatives, I'm excited to help authors like you create clarity and build self-confidence so you can achieve your dreams. Kirstie can help you get the drama out of your life and into your art. Visit kirstiencall.com. That's K-I-R-S-T-I-N-E-C-A-L-L com and register for a free consultation today. Hooray! I can't wait for us to work together to get you where you want to be. Hey, Kirstie. Hey, Kim. We need to start this interview right meow because it's your <laughs> book that we're featuring on today's episode. Hooray! It's actually moving onto shelves today. Hooray! I can't wait. Cow Says Meow by you, my darling, Kirsty Call, and illustrated by Brandon James Scott, is a hilarious mixed-up onomatopoeia book filled with wordplay and animals. <laughs> I love that this book is one of those stories that kids will have so much fun reading over and over. Oh, thank you, Kim. I hope so. We're excited to talk with Brandon our editor, Chris Crones, and the book designer, Stephanie Hayes, about the creative process behind Cow Says Meow. Let's get started. Yes, right meow. Kirstie, we're going to start with you. <laughs> Dubbing you the queen of the barnyard because of all of your cows. <laughs> I know. Where did you get the idea for this book? So this book is based on a joke that I used to tell my kids all the time. I would make the wrong animal sound and it never failed. They would always laugh and they'd think it was so hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to think of something that I knew a kid would think was funny. But I love that you took that and you turned that into an entire book. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I think that's remarkable. Oh, thank you. So Chris, what was it about this book that made you want to acquire it? Well, I think it's kind of what you just said, because I think kids think it would be hilarious. <laughs> I really appreciated the built-in humor of the mixed-up onomatopoeia, and just really how much, of fun, uh, how much fun a kid would have reading that aloud, either by themselves or with an adult, and just the sonority of, you know, cow says meow, and I'm also really fond of fun puns. Oh, yeah, me so. too, obviously. <laughs> yes. Well, so we can call you the queen of the barnyard and queen of puns. I think that's fair. So Chris, can you give us a look into your illustrator selection process? I work really closely with our design team. We'll narrow it down to like, you know, three or so choices and kind of share that more broadly with our 
sales and marketing team just to get senses of, you know, we have our top choices and luckily we got our top choice with Brandon, but (laughs) (laughs) we look at who can infuse humor into, you know, the gesturing and expressions of animals and, you know, of course people too, because we've got people in this book and Brandon did just that really. He really brought the book to life. I think. Oh, Brandon, I love your illustrations. I love them so much. I'm so grateful that you you are the illustrator. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. It was so much fun. It was so much fun working on it. Then can you tell us what was it specifically about this project that made you want to say yes to working on it? I got to say, this was like a bit of a no brainer for me when, you know, you're reading the manuscript. It was super funny. I love puns too. There was such a clear structure and pattern to the story as well. It was really easy to just wrap your head around it. And then, you know, the little creative brief that HMH gave me talking about animals and you know cute and funny and maybe looking a little confused and stuff and I was like in my head thinking like did you make this for me because (laughs) in my portfolio I'd be like spending the next couple months drawing weird looking animals anyway so (laughs) I would happily do this for you it was just a really good fit it's nice when a book comes along that's doesn't take itself too seriously those are the kinds of projects I like because I can't make serious art. I tried, it doesn't work. So yeah, I, I, I just thought this was a great fit. And I feel like this is a really good time right now for just a funny book. We all need to laugh right now, don't we? Stephanie, can you give us a look into your typical responsibilities as a designer and also what are some of the design decisions you made for this book? Yes, absolutely. The design and editorial teams work really, really closely together to try to find like the perfect match for each manuscript that comes in. And we obviously did that with this one. Once we do that, I generally art direct the illustrators through rounds of sketches, working back and forth to try to, you know, hone in on the story, make sure it makes sense until we have like the beautiful final art at the end. And then I take the art and make the actual files for the book design those. We call those mechanicals for the cover and interior. I'll pick the right fonts that help enhance the art and kind of play it up more. In this case, Brandon made some amazing suggestions that just worked perfectly. And I clean everything up so it's ready for printing. And then when it goes to the printer, we do some proof. So prints of the books or mock-ups in this case to make sure that the die cut eyes on the cover really work. And once we're happy with that, the book is done and ready to be a real book. For this one, we really wanted to make sure that those adorable die cut eyes worked as perfectly and amazingly as possible. So we made a template. I worked with our production teams and with Brandon to make sure that it would work on the cover, the back cover in the front and all the way through. And for this one, it involved a good amount of printed out Xerox taped together (laughs) mock-ups. This book was an absolute joy to work on. That's right. Absolutely. Okay, Kirsty, to you, I saw versions of Cow Says Meow before you sent it off, but can you give us a look into your writing process for the story? So there were a lot of iterations of this book. I started by writing a list of idioms that I thought would be funny, and I found the list. I'm confused, catastrophe, that's not neighborly, or rein it in, <laughs> or unbelievable. What's happening? <laughs> That one's so bad. Anyway, (laughs) notice that nothing I just read actually made it into the book. (laughs) But the best idioms determined the animals that I used. And at one point, I had a train in the middle of the book where I had a rogue animal saying, choo-choo. And then he (laughs) said, now we're way off track. Can we try again? And so I... (laughs) 
And then also about eight years ago, I had a small publisher interested in this book. And I had a 30-minute phone call with the editor, and it just didn't feel right. And I chose not to publish with them. And I am so grateful that I waited (laughs) because I feel like Chris has been an absolutely brilliant editor and Brandon, everything that both of you, all three of you have brought to this project has really enhanced it and just made it so much better than it was when I gave it to Chris. And actually, at first, my agent told me that the book was too meta. So I waited a few months and I tweaked it a little. And then I sent it back to her and said, now it's a board book. (laughs) (laughs) And so she submitted it. And that's the version that Chris got. Did that version have the train in it? No, but... Chris did ask me to revise three times, and I think I did put the train in one of the revisions. And then you probably took it back out. (laughs) Okay, Chris, you had to add your magic to this manuscript, definitely. And for you, what was the editing process like? Yes, like you said, this was originally submitted as a board book with a lot of potential for different built-in novelty elements. And so... I did have a few back and forth with your agent and you before even acquiring it to kind of try to shape the format further. So just my style kind of as an editor is to think about how the whole book's going to come together in the end, thinking about the market and the final package. So almost working a little bit backwards, but from the beginning, I wanted to have something that had that extra grabability factor when I saw the book, you know, out in the wild on the shelf. And I also didn't want it to feel like other books in the marketplace, kind of why I moved away from that novelty word book mm-hmm. format. I just saw this having a lot of potential for a younger picture book reader, which is why it has its sturdier pages. And just in terms of structuring, I was really happy to hear that Brandon kind of could wrap himself around the text really easily because when you sent it in, we didn't have patrons, which I was actually kind of grateful for. So I could think about it a little further. It was important to understand who the narrator was too. We didn't know who that was going to be. So offering up that second counter narrative offers up a lot of the humor. So I was really happy we decided it was a kid (laughs) and also really excited Brandon brought to that child being a diverse kid and It was really also important to get the page turns right to make sure we were adding in that drama and adding the humor and the mixed up animal. Thank you for writing the text though, too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm so excited. I just love what we have done as a collaboration. Yeah. So this is a peep and see book. Can you tell us what that means and why you decided to call it that? Yeah, I think the peep and see factor is just really to signal that it's got a little something extra going on with the format. It's not just your, you know, straight on picture book. It's got die cuts in the front and the back cover. Yeah, and we were just thinking about ways this could be unique and stand out. And that's kind of how that feature came into play. What (laughs) I really love about this is that, you know, in the front end papers, you have all of the mixed up onomatopoeia, but on the back, you get the correct version. I love that. Okay, Brandon, I can't even, with the expressions on the animals' faces, they're just like so hilarious. And the little boy's face, it just, I feel like it amps up the humor so much. Your colors are so vibrant. I mean, your art is just perfect for this book. Can you give us a look at how you went about illustrating this story? Yeah, thank you for saying that. I got to totally focus on 
the design of the animals and the expressions because the structure for this thing, the page turns, everything was already sort of figured out. There was the boy character or a narrator. I think there was a little bit of discussion that in the early days, but we settled on it being a kid. It was just a playful kind of like experience of like what kind of cool expressions and poses I can put the little boy in. And I sort of really embraced the idea of the two eyes on the cover and just, you know, thought it would be great to just carry that through the whole book. So every animal portrait on the right facing page, I just put the eyes on the page first. And then I'm like, okay, how do I draw an animal around those eyes to make it work? <laughs> so I'm really glad you didn't go with that train because I would have messed <laughs> that whole thing up. <laughs> Everything up. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, and so sometimes it was like the eyes I had them a certain size and then I got up to the horse and then I couldn't fit the whole horse's snout on properly. So I had to make the eyes a little smaller. And so it was a bit of back and forth, but really compared to a lot of books, because every spread was similar and the structure was already figured out, I got to just focus on, is this animal looking funny enough yet? Is this boy's little expression or pose or where he is on the page funny enough yet? And I just got to focus on that. So it was really nice, sort of low stress kind of illustration job in that sense. I got to just focus on these little things that I could control. So it was good. I liked it. And uh, you just so you nailed it. it yeah. It's awesome. so perfect. Thank you. I remember when I started, one of the pages was a monkey and then it changed to a bear. And then I was like, oh, this is perfect. Because like, <laughs> if you look at my portfolio, like half of them are bears. I got that yeah. thing. We saw those bears. So, we love the bears. Yeah, we love like, the bears. Like meant to be. <laughs> Stephanie, when someone reads Cow Says Meow, what do you hope they feel or learn? I definitely, as we've all touched on, I hope that they laugh. I hope everybody who picks up this book, even if they see it on the shelf, I hope they laugh. And then they pick it up and they laugh some more. I hope that any reader can feel like they could be inspired to express themselves however they want, because everybody in this book does, and that they should do so loudly and proudly. And if you can be your own cow, your own cat, your own kid. <laughs> I love that. Be I you. Love that. That's so yes, perfect. Absolutely. That's wonderful. Chris, we'll go to you next. Joy and laughter. Laughter at the puns, the mixed up animal sounds. And, you know, while we do learn the correct sounds in the end papers, the stakes can be pretty funny and pretty hilarious. <laughs> and I also love the extra beat at the end that hints at the reader that they can repeat the read and keep reading it over and over again. Yes. Uh, Brandon. How about you? When someone reads Cow Says Meow, what do you hope they feel or learn? Definitely, I hope people laugh. I really hope people laugh. I like some of these puns. Hopefully they, you know, generate some questions, right? And some learning in a way that you wouldn't expect to learn. But I think it was one of the early reviews I read something. Somebody was saying that it's good for people that are learning language and everything because, you know, it prompts you to kind of go, oh, that word means that, but it doesn't mean that. And it'll just generate some discussion, hopefully. So I think that'll be good. Definitely. Okay, Kirsty, when someone reads this book, what do you hope they feel or learn? I agree with what everyone has said. I just hope that people laugh and that they connect with other people over the jokes and over the mixed up onomatopoeia. And especially now with how challenging life is and how isolated people are, I just hope this book brings fun and connection and joy into people's lives. Big thank you to Kirsty, Brandon, Chris, and Stephanie for joining us today and giving us a look into the creative process for Cow Says Meow. Check out the show notes to learn more about Kirsty and Brandon and the other fabulous books they have out in the world. 
Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. And we would love it if you would leave a review. Thanks for listening and happy looking. Picture Book Look is produced by Kirsty Call and Kim Chafee. Music by James Call.